0: Hey yo, welcome to Real Shit with Steph and Seb.
1: Hey, how's everybody doing today?
0: Baby, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing fabulous. Yeah, how are you yeah. feeling? I'm a little sore. Yeah? Yeah, how are you well, doing? you've
0: been working out, i seen that. I know. You're looking I know. good. <laughs> I like when you work out.
1: I've been working out for like the past three days.
0: She's trying to get in shape for the wedding, guys. Trying
1: to. I'm trying to sweat it. Sweat, what is it called? My sister said sweating for the wedding. That's what we're trying to do.
0: Okay, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I need a new little phrase. Yeah.
1: Mm. That's what we're going to call it.
0: So, you guys are doing a little competition, huh?
1: Yeah, we're not, we're not trying to do like massive weight loss. We're just trying to get healthier. And you know how your girl got thick, a little extra thick Mm. in this past year. So Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to, you know, like trim a good like 10 pounds and just be a little bit healthier with my, uh, my lifestyle. I I don't like to move. I mean, my physical activity is usually about a zero. And I love to eat. So yeah, yeah,
0: you do like yeah. to eat. Yeah, yeah, but you I mean, hey, you know what? You do have nice curves, baby. <laughs> I love them. Love handles. So let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do admire, and I'm happy you are taking the, the change, and you're and you're gonna just stay fit. Well, Look, it's all about the lifestyle, baby. Just, it is. Just live healthy, eat the right food. You're allowed to splurge here and there. I splurge all the time, but just work out. Just walk, go on walks. You know, find that thing that you like.
1: I think one of the one of the things when it comes to physical activity is I'm just not, I don't have that get up. Oh, I want to work out. Oh, I want to feel that burn. I, that turns me off completely.
0: And that turns me on.
1: Oh God, <laughs> uh, no. No,
0: like it turns me on. Like I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh. I'm going to go work out. Okay. And I'm going to feel great after I work yeah,
1: out. Yeah, you love that. You love to like burn. He loves to sweat. You love to push it to the limit. And I That's do right. not. That's I do right. not. Oh. I, Today we went for a hike because we've been house searching. So on our way house searching, there's a trail. So we're like, hey, we'll go on the trail. We'll walk for a little bit. He tells me, yeah, we're going to make a loop-de-loop on whatever lane. I look at this freaking loop and it has a hill like going straight up. This is like an L.
0: Baby, you never get to see the loop. I we never, s- we no, never I never made went it. to the loop. We I saw it on
1: the map. That's all I had we to see. We saw it on the
0: map and all we did was go up about halfway <laughs>
1: Well, because I said hell no, I said up there, hell no, I'm not going there today.
0: It, just picture like a nice little, like a nice little steady climb with some gradients that vary from like five percent to about ten percent, and a ten percent down about a, you know a quarter mile down the road. It scared her, so she's like, I ain't going up there. Mm, this mm, is a mm. thing with
1: you as my trainer, and I will say this again: this is why I do not hire say you. It. Say it, is because. He instead of like gradual like knowing I don't work out and gradually easing me into the process, he expects that I'm gonna run a freaking marathon tomorrow, and that's that not is gonna not happen. True, baby, yes, that is not yes, true. Yes, it is. True. How about that one week last year when I hired you as my trainer?
0: You didn't hire I me. I didn't get paid.
1: We, you went to YMCA with me well, and you yeah. were telling me what to do. Yeah.
0: Well, honey, you, and, and you know, I learned, we learned I our lessons. I couldn't walk for <laughs> baby, like a week and a half. you say, all you got to do is say, baby, I'm put, I feel like my limit is here. Do
1: you remember that day? I was I dry stop. heaving. I almost vomited at YMCA. I was losing <laughs> it. I was about to go black out. <laughs> and He was like, I think we pushed you too hard. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I think we did.
0: Yeah. I, I usually push. You forgot about that. Every day I push pretty hard. Well, you know what? We learned our lessons and mm. today was a gradual workout. Anyways, today's topic—it's actually about careers. It's not about working out. So, uh, my fiance here, she's a wedding photographer, and I'm a director of photography. So we're both in the photography field, but very, very different career paths. Yep. Uh, completely different networks. Completely different um, ways of booking. Ways of booking, or or even seeing the visuals. You know, mm-hmm. her visuals come directly stills uh, from from you to the client um sometimes you might you'll see something on a magazine or in a wedding magazine and and in my case you'll see something on tv or on social um so it's very or a theater so it's a very different it's a very different medium the way it's delivered but it's a very very similar principle Mm -hmm. um so baby how has your career been thus far especially with um everything that's going on, uh, give us an uh, update.
1: So with COVID, um, it's really just been a train train wreck um, as far as rescheduling brides and really dealing with the after effect of what it takes for people from people not working. And um, I guess just, in a sense, scaring people to even continue with their weddings, even this summer or in the next fall. Um, so it's been a lot of like reconstruction as far as that goes. So it's just been super slow. There hasn't been much coming in or going out um yeah i don't know it's it's a funky time right now but it is for everybody so i try to think of it in that perspective being that i'm not the only one that's suffering here yeah how about yeah, it for you, it's not easy
0: you know honestly baby as you know i haven't had any work ever since the pandemic hit I, mm-hmm. we were literally shut we i was very fortunate that i was working until the very last day that the governor um, call it quits. Call it. I, that's it. He's like, I try warning the state, but nobody has really taken it seriously. So I'm, sh- I'm shutting you guys down. Um, n- not just us in particular, but just generally. Um, anything that was non-essential, we, we got, to, we had to stop. So yeah. that's been over two months. I, I'm even, I'm even gonna go on a whim here. It's no, three, it's almost three months. It's almost three months. Um, so, hasn't been easy. Um, but it has allowed us to focus on our. Or wedding and buying a house so you know there's a trade-off to everything but Mm -hmm. it definitely i definitely miss working um so you know just take it day by day and, and focus on other things that build you up um so baby what in your career choice being a wedding photographer how has that fulfilled you in your life
1: so entering well we'll start off in high school Um, I dabbled in film photography. So I knew that I enjoyed photography in my mom as well as when we were kids. She always had the camera in her face. So I knew I enjoyed photography to a certain extent. So I didn't know how serious once I entered college. Once I entered college, I thought, hey, like, I'm probably going to be, I think at that point I thought I was going to be a teacher, an elementary school teacher. It didn't end up panning out that way. But I ended up buying my first camera that fall of my first year of college. So I found myself really, like, at that point, Flickr was a thing. If anybody is a photographer and knows about Flickr, um, I would just post pictures on there, like, when I should have been studying. Um, Or any time that I was in school, I was constantly, like, I was not focused on school. Like, if you ask my sisters or anything like that, I wouldn't come home with homework because I just was uninterested. And it's unfortunate because you're paying money for your your education. And as well as, like, I didn't really want to go to school after, you know, my senior year of high school. My parents. I come from a stricter Latino household where they were like, "You're you, you going to college? There's no other option." So I understood that. Um, so my freshman year, really, I did well in school, although it wasn't my thing. Um, I had my first camera, so here I am taking pictures. I'm posting them on Facebook. Going to my second year, I'm really realizing I really hate school. I don't like school. I don't enjoy my time there. Um, But I do like the freedom of being able to do your own thing kind of like during the day. And also I worked full time at night. Um, So it was just like a nice little getaway. Um, But I really at this point in my life, I'm really coming to terms that this is not what I want to do. So long and behold, I think this was like, I don't know, six years in and out of school, changing majors that I really realized that photography was my calling um, at the end of the day, when it came to schoolwork or anything, I'm there choosing photography. If it came to a photo shoot and me doing homework, I was choosing a photo shoot, um, in between school. And like, if I had a wedding, you know, that I should have probably been studying for finals, I was choosing a wedding. Um, so it ended up being that I, I chose wedding photography. It, it was the calling at the end of the day it's what I thought about all the time. Um, so I just had a passion for it that, I couldn't see myself doing anything else I loved I love love I'm a hopeless romantic and at the end of the day it just matched a whole bunch of things in a certain day that I just loved being a part of
0: yeah hopeless romantic how's that going for you baby
1: I'm a hopeless romantic I'm still the same I think
0: now you've grounded yourself a lot more you're not as as hopeless what? you're still romantic but you're not as hopeless you're hopeful you're a hopeful romantic
1: what does that mean? Hopeless romantic is just like you're romantic. It doesn't mean you're hopeless literally. Uh I thought it meant
0: you're you're hopeless and you're romantic, meaning that you just you have you have expectations and then a certain expectation about r- what romanticism is and then they don't come through because you're always um, like you just have false expectations of what love is actually like. That's no. what I thought hopeless romantic. Was. No,
1: hopeless romantic is what you would consider someone that is romantic. They love the, the extra, they love the letters. They love the flowers, the, the little extra stuff that it takes. Oh,
0: well then why do they call it hopeless then?
1: I don't know. I never questioned <laughs> that.
0: Oh. Hopeless
1: I, romantic they, is just like, you're, you're just You're romantic. just romantic. Yeah. So, so why
0: are they added the whole hopeless part of it, baby?
1: Hmm.
0: I think hopeless romantic is the opposite.
1: Hopeful romantic?
0: Yeah. You should, if you're a hopeful romantic, that's a whole different thing of hopeless romantic.
1: I don't know. I don't well, make up these words. I just know what they mean. Whatever hopeless you
0: guys think, <laughs> let us know. We would love to find out what hopeless romantic qu- I means. I never questioned it. Yeah. Well, here we are.
1: How about you, puppy? How was What was your journey into what you do now? Did you have hints of it in high school? What made you gear into wanting to ultimately be a, you know, a DP, director of photography?
0: So the journey starts subliminally in Colombia. While well, I was living in Colombia about the ages of about five, six, seven, my grandfather was living in the States and he would visit and he would bring a VHS camcorder mm-hmm. and I would be fascinated from the way he would operate to the way he would even let my father borrow it so he can document us. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of home videos. You guys do. And there's something about the camera that was just cool. You know, I think from a young age, I was, I gravitated towards it, but I never really paid too much attention to what that instilled in me at a young age. Um, growing up, then we moved to the States and I was very fascinated with cameras just throughout my whole life. And we had cameras throughout my whole life uh, until one day for my dad's birthday, um, he wanted a camcorder. We can do home videos mm-hmm. and we got the camcorder and i ended up using that camcorder a lot more than my father ever did mm-hmm. um, and we recorded movies with our cousins we recorded short films scary films action films
1: music and videos
0: some music videos but mostly just films just like action films short films and it, we just had fun with it i remember one summer from uh it was between year, ninth grade and 10th grade, we spent about a week and a half working on a, on a, on a short film where we practiced and played uh, like a war film with swords and, and all that stuff. <laughs> but instead of having swords, we had pipes. And instead of having like robes, because it was, was like a, a period piece, we had towels. Um, and we shot it all in our basement. Mm. The whole film took it took place in our basement and we only had about three or four um, actors and we needed to fill about eight roles so we had to play dress up and we had to cover their faces up with masks and we had to just be multi-purposeful with our talent Mm. anyways that year 10th grade no i'm sorry that was between 10th and 11th grade because 11th grade i met an ex-girlfriend of mine who saw this in me and she was part of the t- the TV crew. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was just very silly. I was not into TV crew or, it or geeky. It was too <laughs> geeky. It was like, I'm not into that. I was more cool, you know, I was the cool kids, mm-hmm. whatever that meant. And literally I brought the film, the finished film, because I'm like, oh, well, if they're a TV crew, then maybe they can play it or I don't know, maybe they can see it. So I brought it and the the guy in charge of the tv crew said you know what you got potential kid you should join and those words to a to a you know 14 year old means the world Mm. and from there it just exploded um i started on taking work doing sweet 16s quinceaneras my aunt's wedding stuff like that in high school. And I always knew I didn't really I never really enjoyed the whole documentary the event thing. I was just I can it to me it was more of a I was just i d I didn't my heart wasn't in it. I wanted to make movies, I wanted to make pretend stuff and
1: you had to wake your way up.
0: Well no, but this is me thinking that when I was yeah. sixteen, I was like, I don't like this. Even though I'm getting paid, I don't really like it. Yeah. So what I ended up doing is I just kept kept improving on my craft and it took me a while and it took me, it took a lot of constructive criticism. And at the beginning, I hated criticism. I was very sensitive mm-hmm. and my mentor, he said, you're going to have to get over it because this industry is filled with criticism. And then this was my senior year of high school and I, and we just got better and better. It was a group of us that just liked making films and we kept making better in films and we ended up winning some state competitions some some other stuff mm-hmm. anyways to not get too too deep in the in in the subject i had uh I applied for a production assistant position in my senior year of high school i was i was about 17 years old and i ended up getting the position and it was a, it was a it was one of those uh music videos for zion and lennox and um this other guy Mm-hmm.
1: these
0: were these are big reggaeton artists in the uh in the land industry during that time back mm-hmm. in 2007 2008 these guys were were very mainstream these these guys are signed by universal yeah um anyways i got into doing music videos with them not me particularly but through the production company and they're it a lot and from there i made some connections and i met dps directors and from there that that led to other work mm-hmm. you know from time to time I ran into that DP and you know he's a really nice guy yeah um but that's that's sort of the beginning and the early grounds of of this filmmaking business that I'm in
1: so when you were in high school did you realize that this is really like something that you would want to pursue long time or you just thought it, you were you were in the moment
0: no this is definitely when i when i was in high school and i became really good friends and it felt like a family the tv crew i knew that was what i wanted to do for the rest of my life and and sort of with the whole school thing i did my parents did wanted me to go to school but um originally it was the art institute of philadelphia but they were like we're not gonna pay thirty thousand dollars a year for you to become a filmmaker Mm -hmm. you can start a community school and then from there you can transfer out I ended up doing community school for about a year and a half, and I transferred out to Temple University. Did you and have I, a major? I had a film major. Well, in at the uni- at the local university, the community uni- uh, college was uh, just b- get your basics. Gen uh, Ed. General education, hmm. which you know it's silly because you just went to high school, but I guess you got to do a little again. And then from there, you I did a year of film at, at Temple, hmm. and I was torn. I was torn. You know, I was. I was paying for it myself. I was commuting to temple about an hour each way, three days a week, full-time student. And I came to the decision in the crossroads where at that to- at that point in time, I was getting consistent work. Mm. I was shooting music videos, commercials, like very independent stuff, you know, 500 to about $1,500. A- but, you know, you shoot 10, 20 of those, you're making decent money. Yeah. Um, and I just dropped out. I'm like, you know what? You don't need. I felt like I didn't need a college education to become a filmmaker. So that that's where that's where the whole the whole thing transitioned.
1: So, but when did you go full time though, for filmmaking? You don't go as far. What did you transition to? How did you get into full time?
0: It was about you know two years after leaving school, I went full time, and then after that, I accumulated a lot of debt just un- irresponsible debt me taking trips paying a lot of things on credit cards so I then decided to take a full time job and by then I, I had built a decent portfolio and I ended up working for a door company as a video producer and that gave me the tools and the necessity and the stability to pay off a lot of my debt off um, buy a red a red camera mm. and And be more choosy and selective with the projects I took on. And I did that gig for about a year and a half. And then from there, I went full swing into just AC work, assistant camera. And I I pulled focus for about a year and a half. And then eventually after that year and a half, I started taking on a lot of DP work. And that transition ended up being a few, you know, about a year between DP and AC, DP and AC. And so eventually it became full time full-time DP work
1: so as far as when you were while you were in these different paths to becoming a full-time DP which is ideally something that you really wanted for a long time what was your emotional state between you working at this nine to five or just dipping into uh acing for a while like how did you feel
0: when I had the nine to five I knew it was just something I had it's like the marathon just stay steady keep keep going focus on the goal you know sometimes i wasn't necessarily excited to go You're miserable
1: work. let's be straight
0: i wasn't yeah I wasn't necessarily excited because the work after a certain point, the work didn't challenge me and working in a, in a corporation there's certain lim, there's certain limitations hmm. that come with that um, but there were there was a few projects that really really pushed me and really grew honestly that that job taught me discipline. Um, and how to stay organized, and that's something that I lacked. Mm-hmm. And that job taught me that extremely valuable lesson, so I'm very grateful for that.
1: But what I mean is at the end of the day, did you feel fulfilled after you got home from your 9-to-5 job? No, no, that that's job
0: what I'm wasn't talking fulfilling. About. Yeah. Like, as a, on a soul level, no, it was not fulfilling. Okay. Um, what about you, baby? I know I know. when we, when we first met, you were working also a, a, more of a consistent job, like a 9-to-5, mm-hmm. so you weren't full-time wedding photographer talk no. to us a little bit about how you had you you, you say you're were, you were going to school
1: mm-hmm.
0: you were taking gen ed what else were you studying in school
1: so i had transferred at first when i entered i was at millersville university I had gone from being a teacher uh or elementary school teacher really i actually i actually didn't know that yeah i shadowed a teacher and she scared the shit out of me with some of the things that she said what'd she say As far as when you're a teacher, you're a leader of the community, you can't do this, you can't go to the local bar within the county, you can't have fun. Basically just saying that, you know, you are an example for the children. And I said, I don't think that's me then. (laughs) Um,
0: Were you a bad girl?
1: No, I wasn't a bad girl, but I don't want to be held responsible. If I decide to go have a drink somewhere, if somebody sees me dancing at TELUS, that they're going to reprimand me just, you know. With kids and eventually or something like that. Yeah. I mean. Like if I want to twerk it at TELUS and leave me go. (laughs) Twerk it at TELUS. Yeah.
0: Literation there. Yeah. So carry on. So
1: basically after I shadowed from that, that was a no go. I ended up then transferring to political science. That was a hell no. What a
0: transition. (laughs)
1: Yeah. It was like, I have like a variety of interests so then after that, I stayed gen Eds for a while. I had to say I was at Millersville for maybe almost three to four years. And at this point, my parents are like grilling me. They're like, what the hell are you going to do? What's going to be your major? As well as, you know, my younger sister's entering college. The other baby sister was about to enter and they're like kicking ass and they know what they want to do. And I'm just like, I have no idea what I want to do. Um, I end up taking a year break in between there. I end up going to hack for a while. And then I finally landed in paralegal paralegal is something that I was always interested. I had an idea of doing, you know, criminal justice or narrowing in on criminal justice paralegal because I've always had an interest in. Um, And it just was not something that I was happy about. I was there and I was miserable. I had to take night classes or I'd have to work and I'd have to go over there and I just not did not feel fulfilled. So then I came in between a crossroads um, where I had ended I think at this point, me and Sebastian had taken a break. I went to Puerto Rico for a month. I come back, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing this shit. I'm not going back to school. I'm getting my own place. I'm moving out, and I'm going to do my own thing.
0: Holy shit, what a transition.
1: Yeah, and so then I ended up signing uh, whatever my papers for my apartment. I ended up not going to school that um that fall, which my parents kind of like when I had broken the news that I was going to move out, they were like, Hey, what about school? And I'm just like, in my head, I already know. I'm like, I can't see myself going back. Um, but I don't want to like, you know, give them so much at once. It was already hard with me moving out. Um, so once I left and had my own apartment, I was working a part-time, um, over at Burton hand over at the theater and, uh, restaurant. I hated the job, but I was starting to get more consistent with weddings Um, so I was just kind of leveraged. I was trying to just play my cards right and making sure that I could still make like you moving out by yourself. Like some people make it look so easy, but it's so hard when the only person is you. Um, and I was just trying to be smart with my decision making as far as making sure that I could afford it. Um, so like long and behold, I'm, I did this for like about a year, year and a half. Um, I would have off Saturdays to do weddings at this point. I'm booking pretty consistently. Um, I signed up on The Knot. The Knot has worked great for me. Um, I think that year I was going to, ha- I was ha- I was like signed up for like 30 weddings or something like that. So I was able to make the decision, but I think it was something that I didn't really want to execute or I was just scared to do. Um, so they end up having a talk with me and letting me know like, hey, the big boss says you have to start working Saturdays, at least two Saturdays a month. And I'm like, well, you could tell the big boss that <laughs> these are my two weeks. Um, so oh, that's shit. what, and I think, Yeah, that was last year. And so they had no idea. And like here, my cousin was about to get married in a week in Puerto Rico. I never said anything about that. So it was like the perfect execution time where I was like, I'm not giving you my two weeks. It's actually one week. I'm going to Puerto Rico. I had like a week until I went to Mexico and then two weeks. till we went to Croatia. Oh, yeah. So it was just like a super packed year. And then as soon as we came back from Croatia was when I was loaded with weddings. Yeah. I mean, last year I ended with 42 weddings. That's a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a lot of weddings. It's a lot of work.
1: So, I mean, that was my process till then. I was in, in college. I was super lost. I didn't have necess I knew I loved photography and that was my passion, but I've never felt that I could necessarily pursue it full time just because I felt that guilt of having parents that really wanted you to graduate college. And I just didn't want to be that child that would be like, no, I'm not going to fulfill that for you. Um, so there came to a crossroads in my life where I was like, I need to live for myself, like you can't necessarily be not proud of me if I go ahead and decide to do my own thing. And then that's yeah. what I ended up doing.
0: So how long was that journey? How many years from the moment you graduated high school to the moment you left off that <clears throat> restaurant?
1: I think it was 10 years.
0: 10 years. Yeah. So that's, that's the interesting thing is that when you're 18 years old, a lot of 18-year-olds don't really know what they want. Mm-mm. I mean, some do. Maybe half of them do. Maybe half of them don't. I'm not sure. But I was... I was fortunate enough to be that 18-year-old that I knew exactly what I wanted, and which, which in hindsight, that's why I was able to get production assistant jobs at 16, 17, 18, because mm-hmm. I knew exactly what I wanted. Yeah. But not everybody has that luxury. So another thing, you know, the whole journey, is you say, 10 years, from when I dropped out of school, I want to say I would have been about 21, 22 Mm. so that's almost you know that's another like eight years Mm. um so it's definitely a long path and i think people sometimes get caught up in the timing of things they expect things within a year within a few months and
1: it's just not possible especially in these fields of careers that we've chosen it's kind of like you have to really have a portfolio behind you or have people that you've worked with that can back you up is that and also I feel like the time that we really showed interest it wasn't a thing like freelancing photography wasn't a thing unless you were like from a big city or something like that where it wasn't every like now it's like you almost know every someone else is like a photographer somebody baby is a photographer right but when we first started or when I first started college that wasn't it wasn't considered a thing. It was more like a dream chaser. And I remember I would tell my mom and she was like, I don't know that I'm going to pay the bills. And I yeah. was like, okay.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's that's the thing. The takeaway here is that if you really want something, whatever that is, you have to have that perseverance, the faith, and just generally the patience. Mm-hmm. and To see it through. Discipline, to see it through. And just be mindful that it's going to take a long time. Think about... Um how many how many episodes Joe Rogan had to create
1: to become no one idea. of the
0: one of the best uh podcasts out there? I mean, he's he's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's over it's over a hundred, over two hundred, it's over, over three hundred, four hundred episodes. That's that's a that's at least a year, two years, three years, depending on the frequency. Mm-hmm. So and, and I wanna use this example to sort of relate to the director of photography field roger deakins he's almost 70 he's mm-hmm. about 65 70 you know and he didn't really start making his best work up until 10 years ago
1: that's a long time
0: so this guy was 50 making his best work mm. so the objective and the point is is that this is a marathon and you got to pace yourself just because something is not working for you within a few months or a few weeks doesn't mean you gave up No, you just got to have sort of the willpower to say, you know what, if it's going to take me 10 years to get decent amount of work, consistent work and pay my bills off this. All right, I'll take a nine to five for the next seven years. if That's what it takes. And another thing is school. School in today's society has changed and has evolved. Baby, do you believe that you have to go to school to be successful? Higher education, like college.
1: I mean, in the circumstance, if you want to become a lawyer or a doctor or these things that you know, uh, years of school is essential. Then yes, but I don't believe that's for everybody. No.
0: The, I mean, think about like the the contractor, the the plumber, the electrician.
1: No, but they still go to school.
0: Uh, they do like a little
1: tech school. They
0: do a little tech school for about a year or so, and then mm-hmm. you know they get their certification. Yeah. So they say they're they can they can perform these duties. But that's it, you know, and and we're living in a very interesting time where, let's say you want to open up a a store or you want to um, do some services. Um, You don't need a higher education, you know, in the higher education. It's eventually, in my belief, is going to evolve. It's going to change and it's going to be more of a practical thing. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. How many how many accounts do we need? How many lawyers do we need? Uh, to what point does an accounting degree justify if the market's washed out with them? Mm. Um so there are a lot more fields out there that are going to be around for us for the rest of our lives. Think about the contractor, you know, think about the plumber. Mm-hmm. Think about all these other qualities and all these other careers. Now you can make a really good living. 80k 100k plumbers make good money at the end
1: of the day it's not about the money it's if you enjoy doing it yeah of course you gotta get the that bread on the table and make sure your kids are fed and your family's fended for but i would rather go to work knowing that i love what i do versus how much i make like obviously i don't want to be scraping pennies but for sure you work for as hard as you know the living that you would like.
0: Yeah, and, and I heard this saying once, and I'm not gonna really d- d- quote it here, but essentially it means you know follow your heart and whatever you like to do, whatever you love to do, and don't worry about the money because the money will come mm-hmm. if you follow your heart. The money will come after that, and it's very true. You know, I for my own for my own career that I've that I've done, and I'm I'm you know I'm starting to scratch the good the surface. Mm-hmm. It's been 10 years, and for those 10 years, I've made maybe 10 grand, maybe 20, mm. 25 grand based on my, my career. It's only not recently that, I, you know, you, that wealth grows, mm. um, and then you start seeing really nice numbers, and you're like, wow, that's the fruit. I'm picking up the fruit <laughs> from those seeds I planted 10 years yeah. ago. Just because you're only making five grand, two grand, 300 bucks... In your first year of doing what you love, don't let that discourage you. It's just be with it and stick through it. Mm-hmm. It's going to take time, but you have to believe in it.
1: What would you say has been your biggest struggle so far in your career choice?
0: The biggest struggle in my career choice. Ooh, that's a good question. You know what? Let, let me, let me get back to that baby. What, what has, let me, let me return you the question cause I'm not ready to answer okay. that. What has been your challenge?
1: Uh, my biggest struggle so far in wedding photography, I'd say in this past year and a half is realizing um, the fact that the, I don't know, for some reason, I thought that the photographer's community was so much more united um, than what my experience with it has been. Um, and it's not necessarily one thing that it's like, Oh, help each other or, you know, and, and you have these groups like Tuesdays Together where, you know, a whole bunch of creatives unite. You'll have your select few people, but a lot of people think of it as such a competition and they don't see you as a fellow colleague or, you know, other business owner that's trying to succeed succeed and I think at the end of the day it's one of these circumstances where you see another person as a competition or I see another person as a photographer they're posting more than another person or they have an opinion about what somebody else did I feel like that has been one of the most difficult things is really not being able to make friends in this industry as well as like just staying in my own lane yeah has been one of the biggest struggles um but as far as that goes I mean I would consider that as far as the only struggle that I've encountered so far within me choosing this as a career choice. And the fact that it's um another struggle, the fact that it's not consistent. Mm. You deal with your seasons that you're doing well and you're booking, you're like, oh shit, this is gonna be a great year. And then like you might not have a booking for, you know, a week or two weeks or three weeks sometimes or like especially with this COVID, you have a lot of people interested and maybe, you know, they're ready to book like after this is over. Um, But that's also another thing that's kind of scary. The consistency isn't there.
0: Yeah, I I would have to agree. It's very inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Um, But the inconsistency maybe for me has been more of the right projects that I've always wanted to do versus the wrong projects. Mm -hmm. I guess an example would be like a project that really challenges me or that that's really a nice clean commercial something like that Mm -hmm. versus i guess you know a so-so project that i know isn't really going to have much of an impact or maybe it's not necessarily my style um maybe that but but the more i think about it the, the challenge in my career the challenge man i don't really know i don't really think i've had a challenge i just love it and I look at every everything with like a positive (laughs) attitude and i just embrace the issues and i I push forward if anything it's just maybe dealing with with unique uh personalities and and finding the way to best communicate to the director the producer the the ac Mm -hmm. you know the production assistant whoever production coordinator and finding the right vocabulary to use to effectively communicate to, to the team. Yeah. That's probably the challenge, if anything. And, and you know, especially in the film industry, it's like running a, a military operation. You gotta be on it. You gotta have your shit together, your plan together because you're leading a team and, and you have to be on time mm-hmm. and you have to effectively tell your team what this shot needs. And how much time we have. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of responsibility that goes into the job. Oh, but I love it. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love the responsibility.
1: Would that be what you love most about your career?
0: What I love most about my career is when you put in on a project 80 plus hours on something. And maybe more, maybe 120 hours for a project that's only a minute long. Mm -hmm. And a month later, you get a to minute see, long. Yeah, you get to see it come out through. A lot of pre-production goes into oh, it. Oh,
1: okay. I thought you meant days of filming.
0: No days of filming. You know that's it can also be heavy, but essentially is is the pre the pre planning that goes into it. Mm-hmm. The pre planning, it's very it, It's not easy because you're just creating you know diagrams you're you're communicating with the team what equipment you need you're you're talking about shots mm-hmm. um and that that takes a long time yeah especially the bigger the project the more time on the pre-production um but once you see it through woo! and i think another another probably a really nice rewarding aspect of the job is the people you get to meet you get to meet people from all walks of life mm-hmm. from another part of the world another you know another level of wealth it's an array of people array of cultures and it's it's very it's very fulfilling it is a very fulfilling job in that sense and you never know what's the next person you're gonna meet Mm -hmm. what about you what's the most rewarding part
1: to me, I love wedding day. Uh, it's one thing of like the whole process of you getting an inquiry. It's like a whole process to it. So like you get your inquiry, you talk to the people, you see if you're the right fit. Once they book you, what does their wedding day look like? Sometimes, you know, it's a two, a year, two years in advance. Once you finally get to their wedding day, it's like you finally get to see this, all this vision come together. Um, and not to mention, I love just seeing family dynamics some people, you know, they treat the wedding photographers like the queen of the day and then others, you know, it's, you're not so much of a priority. So it's just neat to see others people's view on photos, um, who I am as a photographer, how well do I mesh in with their family or, you know, their group of friends or whatever. Um, and just see that take on throughout the whole, you know, eight to 10 hours that I get to spend with them. Um, I just love the whole process of, you know. Being able to just also see the couple from them going to, you know, fiancés, to them, you know, having jitters, to them crying, to them seeing each other. Finally having that, you see that peace that finally takes on, you know, through all these emotions of, you know, that they've gone through through all these months of the whole planning process. And then, you know, finally when they get to see each other and they calm down and they just get to party. It's a good time. What has
0: been like the, a moment in time when you had a wedding that you really enjoyed, a particular moment?
1: That wedding, um, I really enjoyed. I really loved a couple. um, I think this was about a year, two years ago. um, And their wedding was in Philly. And they were just so they were effortless. The way that they interacted with each other was not forced. Um, and that really impacted me in a way that I just, and I think I was just really entering and doing weddings frequently, um, that impacted me like so much that I still see them to this day. And I got actually booked by their sister for a wedding, you know, this summer that it was just one of these couples that you're just like, I just love them as people.
0: Yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's that's. I'm sure that's very satisfying to see that in somebody and see that honest love for one another.
1: Yeah, because you get to to interact with so many couples and you see some that are like, you know, whether or not certain things have taken away from their day or sometimes you see, you know, the way that a boyfriend or or a fiancé treats the other one and it's just like, I just don't, I don't feel it. Um, But this couple impacted me in a way that I like, I hold all of my experiences up to this one. This is one of my favorite experiences. Yeah.
0: And what happens when you don't have a wedding like that? Let's say you get a wedding and maybe you question the love.
1: So... uh, (laughs) Well, it's none of my business, A, but I can't help but you're in an observant um, field. So my job is to observe and photograph. And especially with being a more emotional photographer, you want to make sure that you capture those moments. So I can't help but instinctually have an observing personality. Um, So a lot of the times if I do see a situation like that, I try to like alleviate or do like these practices like, hey, what do you love most about her? You know, when I'm photographing to trying to just bring up those, those loving vibes.
0: Yeah. 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 Hey, I'm sure that's not easy because I'm sure some people are are getting married maybe for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure sure you see a lot of that. I mean, I get to hear from you firsthand.
1: Yeah. I'm sure a lot goes into the day as well, as well as nerves, families. Maybe some families are are uniting for the first time or i have had circumstances where, like, you know, the dad's lady's coming where, you know, the lady that he actually cheated on the mom with. And it's like, oh, God, they haven't been Mm. seeing each other in 15 years. And it's like you're just trying to, you're literally like walking into a circus sometimes where you have no idea what happens, what has happened. I'm just here to photograph the day and do it the best I can. So I have had times where it's like, I go, you know, for a family shot and here, you know, the mom and dad haven't been in a picture and I'm like, Oh, mom and dad together. And I'm like, I didn't even know they were divorced. Oh, so that, I've, yeah, that's, that's I've weird. Had stuff like that happened oh, before, man. but you don't know that prior. And it's not like, there, it's not like any couple is supposed to disclose that to me before, but sometimes it helps. It does. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, here, oh shit, I put them two together. Oh wow, they haven't talked in 15 years. Okay, I'm sorry.
0: And what are you looking for? Let's say in the next 10 years, what wh- where are you hoping to grow or take your career to?
1: I want to be a bomb ass wedding photographer in the Philly area. I want to continue what I'm doing. I want to get better with my shots. I want to get. I'm. I have trigger finger. So my thing is to essentially get to a point where I can photograph a photo or look back at my gallery and not have to call like uh, 1,500 photos. I wanna be more selective with my shots.
0: (laughs) I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it's gonna make your editing easier.
1: Yeah, I wanna better my experience for my clients as well as just taking all these years to really learn um, what I've offered and ways that I can kind of tweak those things and just continue doing what I love that's good Mm. that's
0: good i I think you'll i'm sure you'll excel at that baby
1: how about you puppy
0: or i see myself in the next 10 years or where i I hope to take my career it's just keep doing more of the right projects um a long-term goal of mine is to shoot children's films so think of like the little rascals Mm -hmm. um films like that that really are charming they're fun um, I might be doing one this summer. I might be doing actually a really good children's, children's film mm-hmm. this summer at the late summer after our wedding. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Um, but just doing more of the right commercial work, um, challenging work that's going to elevate my, my mental and my, my skill to a higher level. It's going to really stimulate my mind. Mm -hmm. and you know just i always enjoy the working the collaborations between directors and producers and there's nothing like working a director that pushes you to your max and you know i'm very fortunate i'm very blessed that i've had the chance to work with every director has always been you know uh we there's always a yin and yang and Mm -hmm. it's it's always been a, a worthwhile experience um that's I th- that's it. I think you're just shooting the right the right films and shooting more feature films, maybe like every other year shoot his children's film and then in the meantime just fill those in those that time in with commercial work. Mm-hmm. Um and the rest of the time honestly just enjoy life. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully after we're married, you know, just just take life easy, work around the house. Take a chill pal. um and have the right balance of working enough and and just working enough and spending more time at home. You know, I'm really looking forward to that. But career wise, career wise, definitely the children's film and, and working on some crazy commercial work with special facts and, and things that really push it to the next level.
1: Yeah. I think at the end of the day, uh this podcast is geared towards the fact that sometimes your calling comes straight, you know, from childhood. Sometimes it comes out of high school. Sometimes it hits you when you're 50. I mean, we are all like, you know, a little later in life when we realize, like, wow, this is what we really want to do full time or like actually got to make an act on it. Um, but everybody's timeline looks different. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that we want you to take away is that some people's passions look differently. Some people feel more secure with a nine to five and then do their passions at night or do like a side hustle. And that's completely fine, too. But when you look at your life or when you come home at the end of the day, one of the things that we want you to reflect and think about is, you know, what makes you happy? Right. And what does that look like? Whether you do your passion as a career, whether, you know, you work your nine to five, are you, are you, value, are you valued? Are you worthy? Do you feel worthy? Um, and you have to recognize that your job takes up a lot of your day. So a lot of your energy is... Either provided in a good way or a bad way, depending on how you look at it. Um, and we really challenge you, to, I guess, just look at what your everyday looks like, your everyday life looks like, and what ways that you can, I guess, expand on that.
0: Yeah, and and like you said, baby, it's it's one of those things where there's the happy nurse. Mm-hmm. That's that's what that person wanted to do, mm-hmm. and that's that's amazing. Because and you, you feel it because we need yeah. we need good nurses or the teacher. So those individual members. You know they they make a, a rainbow and array of of jobs, and not everybody's set out to be the entrepreneur, not everybody's set out to be the photographer, not everybody is set out to be the police officer, mm-hmm. but the important thing is that you do follow your your heart and do follow the thing that keeps you at peace and you know um not everybody's also meant to love what they do, and I think there's also so there's also parts of of them jobs that we don't like for example like the bookkeeping aspect of it or keeping track of all your expenses that's something that you have to learn how to love and appreciate Mm -hmm. but but do you love it no but it's essential and you need to do that in order to to have a successful business um so we're we're hopeful and and that this episode can provide a little insight into what it, it takes to into our careers um maybe it gives you a little clarity into what you're looking to do or become
1: If you're at a crossroads in life like we were, you know, and you sometimes when you're in the moment as well, something seems so much bigger than what it really is. And at the end of the day, it's one thing talking about it and it's another thing do it. Sometimes literally you just have to jump off the cliff and do it. Amen. And uh, it shows. It shows when you're positive about something. It shows when you're negative about something. It shows that, you know, if you're you're at your job and you fucking hate it. That energy is, I'm pretty sure, is translated throughout the office and everybody knows that Janelle hates her fucking office job or, you know, likewise, vice versa. You know, somebody that does a job that they love that you're just like, you can feel it. You feel it when a nurse gives you a shot in a nice way and when a nurse wants to jab your arm into the next week. You feel it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: we've all been there. (laughs) It stings a little (laughs) bit harder. It does, yeah. The last thing you want to do is be miserable. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, we all go through our, our ups and downs, mm-hmm. and sometimes being miserable or being unhappy is just a part of your emotional state. Maybe you're dealing with some stuff at home, yeah, or your that, journey, and you bring that into your to your work life. Um, but we, I definitely agree with you, baby. That it does take you. Life is a risk. You you never promise tomorrow, mm-hmm. and I say it, I say that often because I truly believe it. So take that risk. If you're if you really wanting to try something new because you really feel it in, in your gut that this is the right thing for you, take it. Just What's the it. worst that's going to happen? Wor- you're yeah. going to fall and hit rock bottom? All right. Well, you get your ass back up mm-hmm. and you keep moving. Yeah. But I've taken that step twice in my life mm-hmm. and it's been worth it every single damn time. Yeah. You got you to gotta take high risk high risk so you can get a high reward. If you take low risk, you get a low reward. Or you
1: could just risk it for the biscuit amen all right guys well thank you for listening we hope you appreciate this episode anybody that wants a comment or has any you know life advice on their journeys with their career choice send us a dm or comment it on our social media handle um real shit with Stefan said
0: that's right that's right <laughs> all right guys
1: have a good one